0: Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here at the studio behind Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Every Friday morning we meet here for a Bible study and uh, we've done a year's worth of Galatians, a year and a half almost of, I'm sorry, a year's worth of Ephesians, almost a year and a half uh, teaching of Galatians and now we've... Dove into a study on righteousness because of what the Lord is showing us here in this ministry concerning righteousness. Some powerful uh, truths for those who have been brought back to the cross, who have ears to hear, who can uh, now begin to learn God's word in its context, which is righteousness. And I'm just thankful uh, that we are where we are. This is the best time, I believe, to have ever lived uh, as the church in the history of the church, right here at the end of the age. And we are at the end of the age, coming soon. And God has promised that in the last days He would pour out uh, His Spirit, that He would increase knowledge, and He's doing that. But again, it's for those who have ears to hear. And so that means faith in the cross. It's the only hearing place that exists. So this is our uh, fifth session. So if you've missed any of them or you'd like to go and look at anything else we do here at Crossway Church, it's always going to be uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There, you can go on the website. Again, it's thecrosswaychurch.com. You can donate uh, for things such as the Cross Life, a a big lot, I think it was 10... TNCD Preaching Series, the most recent one we put out, The Cross Life, and you will be blessed. They're $25, and you can also buy our book, a 62-page booklet, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, there you can do that. You can be a blessing. You can donate and help us get the Expositor Study Bibles into the hands of the inmates who are requesting them. And we mail six a week. So pray about that. Help us. God bless you. Get your Bibles this morning. Turn to the book of Psalms. We'll be beginning in chapter 5, verse 8. And again, uh, I'll be leaving right after the broadcast today. The van's already loaded to head to Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, We have 7 o'clock meeting tonight there at the Hampton Inn, 4217 Kemp Boulevard. If you know anybody there, give them a call, send them a message, tell them. That's where we'll be this weekend, the second weekend of every month. The Peace family will be there tonight and in the morning doing the music. And I'm excited about that. Going to have some great services there in our other church in Wichita Falls, Texas. And we're praying for a pastor. Why don't you ask the Lord today to give us a pastor there in that place. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, before we dig in, let's ask the Lord to give us here what we need today. If he doesn't give it to us, we won't get it. We can't give each other nothing. We can... Point you to the word and pray and ask the Lord, but He's got to give it to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in this place today to acknowledge you as the Lord. You're the one who saved us, found us dead, and buried in sins, and you came because you loved us. You came and gave your life for us. So we thank you for that. We ask you to give us today that daily bread that we desperately need. The illumination of your word, we pray, would shine in our hearts today, revealing a great greater picture of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to see, Lord, today what we need to see concerning your will for us. And we give you all the praise and all the worship, all the honor and all the glory is due you, Lord, and not anyone else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So... We are here talking about righteousness in the Psalms today, at least for a little bit. And uh, it's mentioned in the Psalms at least 69 times. And the the reason it's so precious to us is because we have learned that the righteousness the Bible speaks of is God's righteousness. And the only avenue of that righteousness is through the cross and faith in the cross. That means the work of Christ that he did there. Not the tree, not the beam that he died on. Uh, for that didn't do anything for anybody. It was his death and the provision that we have through his death. The defeat of the devil through his death, Hebrews 2.14. The justification because of his faith and our trust in him. the sanctific- Everything that God is going to do in, for, to, and through men will be Because of their faith in the sacrifice. And that says a load right there. It also says a boatload about all those today who refuse to preach this message for daily living. That means there's nothing happening. That means there's nothing happening. All God's works are done in truth, Psalms 33 4. And when that truth is spoken, Proverbs 12 17, righteousness is the picture. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Yes, amen. What does that mean? That means because all God's works are done in truth, that means when our faith is in Jesus, who is the truth and what he did at Calvary that makes him our truth, then we're experiencing righteousness. That not only the status, you're righteous in Christ because of your faith in him, but now daily your fruits can be that of righteousness, which means God is doing something in your life. Because righteousness only comes through grace and grace is what God does, what God did in Christ at Calvary. Our faith in that allows the grace of God to flow right through what Jesus did there for us, Hebrews 2, 9, into our lives. And now by the grace of God, not only are we saved initially and declared righteous, but we also experience the fruits of his righteousness daily. For if it's not the fruit of righteousness, it's not God at work. If God is at work, his works are righteous. And so we're going to see that. And I just said enough right there to send you home shouting. I just said enough right there with scripture to send you home shouting. Uh, and you need to think about those things. You need to get your Bible and you need to highlight those things that you're given in these teachings. And you need, and you need to stick with what you're learning about the cross. Don't take all kind of these things, all these other, that ain't going to help you. It's not going to help you. If the Word of God is not in its righteous context, and we're going to see what I'm about to say today, there is no light for you. We're going to see that in the Word today. What makes the Scriptures and Christ Himself light to us is His righteousness. You get that. We're going to see that in the Word today. Here we go. Psalms chapter 5, verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Now think about that. Just we'll stop right there. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Here, it's obvious that we can take from this scripture that it's the righteousness of God that's going to deliver us from our enemies. That's pretty simple. That's kindergarten. It's his righteousness that is going to deliver me from my enemies. Now let's finish this verse. Make thy way straight before my face. His name is Jesus. He is the way. He's the one who is our righteousness. He is the one who defeated the enemy. He did that at Calvary. He's not going to show up today to do something in your life to defeat any enemy outside of your faith in what he did at Calvary for there he defeated all the enemies, there he nailed to the cross, Colossians chapter 2, everything that was contrary to you, he defeated them, he humiliated them, he made a public display of their defeat. Colossians chapter 2 says, it was there he defeated the enemy. And your faith in that then get you the experience of that victory today, that righteous work of Christ. Not your righteous work. See, here's where we missed it for years. If I'll just go to church. You know, you've heard it. You've seen it with your own eyes. People get in trouble. They get a court date and they got. oh, I I guess I better get back in church. And, And there's nothing wrong with getting back in church. They should have been there the whole time learning the word of God. And if they'd have been learning the word and living for the Lord, they probably wouldn't have done what they did, maybe, and had a court date coming now, but they think they can run to church to try to do uh, some good stuff now to get out of it, and that's what they're doing, and what you're doing is not righteous unless your faith is in what Christ did. Amen. 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 And that's not going to deliver you from the judge and from jail time. The only thing that delivers is what Christ did at Calvary. So let me read it again. Lead me, first of all, O Lord, in your righteousness because of mine enemies. I've got to be led by the Lord and if he's going to lead me and we'll see it again here in a minute it's going to be in his righteousness. He's not going to lead you outside of that. That's right. Now the Lord's using the devil. He's using all the evil people. He's using the clouds. He's using the he, He's using everything. Everything. But they can't nobody glorify him except people. The church. So When we're talking about serving God, we're talking about people who have been born again, people who maintain their faith in the sacrifice of Christ because only through that comes grace, and grace is what God is doing. And when I move my faith from the sacrifice of Christ to any programs today or I say they help get me there, that's a lie, and I fall from grace. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, Galatians 1, 6. So let me read it again. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. See, it's two things here. His righteousness and his way. His way is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And his way is the way of humility and obedience unto death. Not just everything before which that made a huge difference. He had to be a perfect humble, obedient man to offer himself as a sinless offering. He became our sin-bearing offering, but he was sinless, and he is the way. That's the way. That's the way God is pleased with, a humble, obedient child of God. So... Righteousness is always tied to Christ and his righteous work at the cross. And I'm going to read another scripture here concerning our enemy not triumphing over us this morning. Psalms 41.11, I quote it uh, sort of often around here. Uh, And it says this, By this I know that you favor me because my enemy does not triumph over me. The reason we know our enemy has not triumphed over us is because Jesus defeated him at Calvary. He stripped the power of death that the devil had at Calvary. Hebrews 2.14. Write it down, take a note. The devil wasn't defeated at the resurrection. He didn't throw a three-day party saying, Well, we got him now. That's not in your Bibles. What is in your Bibles is that even though man didn't realize what happened at Calvary, the devil did. He was stripped by the, from the power of death that he had through the death of Jesus. A humble, obedient, unto-death man. That's what God always had wanted on this earth. That's what he created Uh, people in his own image to be obedient and subject to him. And when the last Adam, the man, Jesus Christ, was humble, obedient unto death and died in that manner, he stripped the devil of the power of death he had because Jesus now became the way through faith in that work alone for all people to believe and to escape the power of death that the devil had. So our deliverance from the devil, if you're waiting on God to do something, thats it, okay to a certain degree. But if your faith is not in the cross, you're going to wait until you, and it never going to happen. Your faith has got to be in what God did in Christ to deliver humanity, save humanity. That would be about like people asking God to save them without faith in the cross. He can't do it. Well, God can do anything. No, he can't. God set everything in motion to do things His way. His way. He has a way. Outside of that way, He does not function. Not in grace, not in moving in and through and to and for you. It don't work, it won't happen. All His works are done in truth. Never forget that. I don't care you hadn't heard that for the last 40 years, I don't care your preacher hadn't been the one to bring that to you. It's in your Bible. So you better stick with it. So, by this I know that you favor me because my my enemy does not triumph over me. The righteousness of Christ, now here we go, the righteousness of Christ is what makes him light to us. That's what makes Jesus our light is his righteousness. Watch this, Psalms 37, 6. In the book of Psalms, and, and again, there's at least 69 times righteousness is used in the Psalms. And the reason I've already said this, it's so precious to us, is because now when we see righteousness, we don't just keep reading. We think about Jesus and what he afforded us at Calvary. We think about Jesus and his, his perfect sacrifice through which all, God does all his works in that truth. Jesus and him crucified. Outside of that, there is no grace for salvation. There is no grace for ministry. There is no grace for marriages. There is no grace for anything. Grace only comes through the death of Jesus, and that does not mean that just because Jesus died, grace is floating around. No, grace is God at work now. And when my faith is in what God did in Christ at Calvary, that allows God the Holy Spirit to begin a work in me, not until then. And when my faith stays there alone, it allows God to continue a work in me. In Galatians chapter 5, I always have to throw this in because we've left this out for years thinking, well, God's just going to do what God's going to do anyway. That's not true. Galatians 5, 1 through 4 says we fall from grace when we move our faith from the cross exclusively. And to fall from grace doesn't mean you fall out of the kingdom, you lose your salvation. It means you fall from what grace is. God doing something in your life. Working that perfect work in you. That does not mean that He's still not sending people to you to point you back. But if you're outside of the way in which God works, meaning exclusive faith in the cross, that means God's only sending people to your life. He's convicting you if you're truly saved. He's convicting. You're convicted. It may just be something that you say, I just can't put my finger on. Wake up and realize that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit because when you get in the faith, in the way, of Christ, meaning faith in the cross alone, God's going to take away that thing that you're unsure of. He's going to take away that what you just can't put your finger on, because the Bible says that that I'm trying to think of it, that the Word of God is plain. Let's turn over there. I'll get there. It's Proverbs chapter two. I just can't, it won't come out right now, but it's going to here in a minute. <laughs> Proverbs two and six. For the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the pass of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. And this is not where I wanted to go. So, we better move on. I'll find it and get back to it after a while. Anyway, I'll... What I'm trying to say, there's a scripture that says that the word of God is plain to those who understand. And understanding is what God gives those who place their faith in Christ and him crucified. Because God told Jeremiah the prophet, if you're going to boast, you better boast in this, that you know and understand me. And Paul comes along years later without contradiction and says, my only boast is in the cross. Okay. So together, rightly dividing the word, you and I can put that together and the Holy Spirit can show us that our boast in that we know and understand God can only come through our boast being in, in the cross of Christ alone. Right. So there's a confirmation of what I said. And Proverbs tells us that, that, that The word, the truth is plain to those who have understanding. Those who understand. Only those who understand. Everybody else lives life as a Christian with just not, well, I'm really not sure. There's just something that's not right. I just can't put my finger on. But when you come back to Calvary, when you begin to see everything in the Bible as a picture of Christ, the living word, and what he came to provide the liberty he came to provide for you so that God's word could become your perfect law of liberty, then your understanding will be better. Then you will begin to see things that you've not seen before that God wants to show you that you need to see. Proverbs 8 and 9, chastity sitting over here. Let's look at that. Proverbs 8 and 9, I I hate to leave things undone, so... Proverbs 8 and 9. See, see, yeah, it was a couple of chapters off. Uh, watch this. Yeah, this is good. Proverbs 8. Let's start in verse 6. Now, I know we're chasing the rabbit here, but when we catch that rabbit, it's going to be good eating, glory. Proverbs 8 and 6. Here, now you need to listen. Here, for I will speak of excellent things. That means things that will excel you. And the opening of my lips shall be Right things. Remember Psalms 33:4? The word of the Lord is what? Right. Verse 7: For my mouth shall speak truth. What's God's word? Truth. And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. And all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. I should have known where this was at. <laughs> there is nothing forward or perverse in them. Watch, they are plain. To him that understands and write to them that find knowledge. Now let me say this this morning. Thank you, Chastity. As we move on, the light, the context, the meaning of God's word is Christ and him crucified. That's the revelation of God's word. Yeah, the church gets to be involved and all the people listed in the Bible get to be involved. But the Bible, Jesus said the scriptures are concerning him. The law, the prophets, the Psalms, Luke 24, 44 through 46, they're about him. Uh, John 5, 39 and 40, search the scriptures for in them you think you have life. But they are they which testify me, but you won't come to me. You have to come to him and faith in who he is and what he did at Calvary for the scriptures to become light to you. Think about that. But here the Bible says they're plain. The words that I speak are in righteousness. All of them. They are truth. They are in righteousness. And here it comes. They are plain to the him who understands. And the only people, and I'm not saying this to tout our little... Number and no, nobody else. No, that's what some people are saying about us. But I, all we do is share the Word. And people get mad at God and take it out on us. Talk bad about us. But the only people the Word of God is plain to are those who understand. And the only people who understand are the people who see God's Word in its proper context, which is what we just read in Proverbs 8, righteousness. I'm glad you found that. Because that's a good point. The context, and and, 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 and it started out this way just a couple of minutes ago, what makes God's word light to anybody, and Jesus said he's the light. Without him, In the context of him who is our righteousness, the word is out of context. We're using it in a way that we might be crying, we might have shaking, we we might just really feel good about the way we're using it, but if it's out of its righteous context, we're so into the flesh and we're going to reap corruption. Faith cannot come unless we're believing God's word from the heart in its righteous context because it has to be light. That means, number one, it's got to be about Jesus. Number two, it's got to be showing the way of Jesus, which is the cross. Amen. Amen. And we'll see that here as we move on. So, Psalm 37, 6, And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. What's coming as the light? His righteousness, which has become our righteousness. You have faith... Because the Lord had faith. How many people came to Jesus and He asking for healing? They were sick. They were lame. They needed a touch. They wanted to be healed and restored. He would heal them and He would say, your faith has made you whole. But notice, it was their faith in Him. Not just faith in anything. Not just faith in some word. Not just just because they were quoting some scripture from the Old Testament. They came to Jesus so that Isaiah's prophecy could be fulfilled in their life. you You have to go through Jesus to understand the scriptures. He is our righteousness. And the only way He is our righteousness is His death. Our faith in His death. Amen. He died on the cross close to 2,000 years ago, but that ain't going to get nothing for nobody without from the heart believing in that. That doesn't just work for everybody just because he died. Amen. So look at this scripture, and he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. I'm telling you, when you step, when this is what the message of the cross, one of the many things it's done for me, it's brought me back into the light where He is. 1 John chapter 1 says, We walk in the light as He is in the light. That means the only way we can walk with God is if we're in agreement with God, and the only way we're in agreement with God is if our faith is in the scriptures in the light of the one who said I'm the light and what made him the light to us, which is his righteousness. Remember, that's what delivered you from your enemies. Lead me, O Lord. What did we just read? Psalms 5.8, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Where were our enemies defeated? At Calvary, the righteous work of Christ. Lead me in this way. He He says, make thy way Straight before my face. Lord, let me quit trying to make this way broad. Make it straight. Show me the straightness of it. Remove all the the different detours I'm trying to add to it. The purpose-driven detour. The government of twelve detour. And all these billboards the enemy puts up on. Listen, you're on a straight and narrow way when you got born again. And the enemy, because of men's flesh... We did it for years. Satan's influence, the world, and all these things coming against us. We got born again. God set our feet. He put us in. A, he set a race before us to run. And in that race, men begin to put billboards up. Take this exit. It's the government of 12. And my friend, it is an exit from the straight way. He put the devil and our flesh and religion and legalism and all these things. The world put another billboard up. Uh, the the, the purpose driven, the promise. Keepers and all these billboards that try to get us to exit the straight and narrow way, which is the only place we're going to find light is the place we found it to begin with. The only place we're going to, the only way we're going to walk in light is the way God started us out walking in light. We, the first time we agreed with God is when we were born again. You're not in agreement with God today unless your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. Outside of that, there is no walking together and you don't walk with him just because you're saved. If you move your faith from the sacrifice, remember you fall from grace and grace is the only avenue through which righteousness, your light and all that God has for you in this life, which will have, by the way, righteous fruits, you fall from that place. People who fall from grace, again, they don't lose their salvation. they headed that way. But they, that means they fall from this narrow path. Mm-hmm. They fall from the way. They fall from the place God works. Mm-hmm. So, again, Psalms 37 and 6. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Mm-hmm. And all his judgments... And the Bible says this in Revelation that he judges and makes war in righteousness. That means through who he is and what he did at Calvary. That mean, it doesn't mean just what's right. It doesn't, it doesn't mean just what's right. It means what God says is right. See, men, you know, men, even at the great white throne one day, they're going to be pleading their case, didn't we? Do what we thought was right. I don't know who you are, but I'll tell you who you are before I throw you in the lake of fire. You're workers of iniquity. That's going to happen. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? But that's going to happen. And it's going to happen, hear me this morning, it's going to happen to billions of people because they thought their way was right. And and listen, God had the way before he even put us on the earth. Before the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain, which is a righteous foundation. God started in righteousness because he is righteous. God is righteous. We'll see it in a minute. If one thinks they leave the darkness without Christ, they are now in a greater darkness, only revealing itself as light. Jesus taught that in Matthew six twenty three. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. Mm-hmm. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is the darkness to be calling darkness light? How great is that darkness? I mean, it's one thing to be in the dark. It's another thing to think you're in the light and, and, and calling darkness. What's really darkness, light. And notice the, the verse after this says no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other yet cannot serve, you cannot serve God and mammon. And see, see the context here is there ain't but one God and you can't serve him and anything else too. So these programs that men put in to try to deceitfully tell you this is a a, a good way to get to God, this is a good way to get God to move in your life, that's deceitful. That's not truth. Truth is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. You might be saying, no, all God's word is truth. And you're absolutely right. But all God's words are in righteousness. That means they only affect us by grace. Because grace is what ushers in righteousness. Galatians 2 and 21. Read it. It's there. Let's read it together today. Galatians 2 and 21. You've heard it. You've not heard it enough. I've quoted it. I've not quoted it enough. Galatians 2 and 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. That means I do not set it aside. I do not reject it. Because if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Paul is here saying, and remember, it is under the unction of the Holy Spirit he's saying this. Paul is saying, I'm going to set aside the grace of God. I'm going to reject what God did in Christ at Calvary, meaning I'm going to reject God now and what God wants to do in my life if I think He's going to do it by the law. Because because the, the, the focus of this verse is the avenue through which righteousness comes. Think about that. Let's read it again. I do not frustrate, meaning set aside or deny, reject the grace of God, what God has done and will do. Because if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain, meaning righteousness didn't come by law. It came by grace through the death of Jesus. It's right there in one verse. It's only by the death of Jesus my faith in that death, not just all the way back from 1972, when I got born again, that it just works now and God's grace covers everything. No, those people don't know what grace is. God's grace is God working on your behalf. The Bible says you're saved by grace. Well, that wasn't something just floating around that covers everything. No, that was what God did in Christ at Calvary, 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. Amen. And if God's going to work in my life today, that means Grace functioning in my life. That means the spirit of grace working in my life today. It's going to be based on that truth that Jesus said "When I know would liberate me. Set me free. Make me free. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Are we good? We're good. We're being equipped for the work of the ministry. Not just for comfort and edification, but for the work of the ministry. So, uh, look at Micah chapter 7 verse 9. Pages in our Bibles are still stuck together there probably. It's not not something we turn to all the time, but it needs to be. Why? Because all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Micah chapter 7 verse 9, the Bible says, I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against Him until He plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold His righteousness. You see, you can't separate His righteousness from the light. That's why Peter could write, if you forget you were purged from your old sins, if you, and that don't mean... That don't mean you just forget and I don't know what no, it means when you turn away from what Christ did at Calvary, Peter wrote, you can go blind. What does going blind mean? It means you're back in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. We can go blind. How do we go blind as Christians? We turn our faith from the cross. And it doesn't matter if you're telling people your faith is still in the cross. It's only with the heart men believe unto righteousness, not just for the first time to get saved. It's if you're going to read and study the Word of God, you have got with your heart you've got to believe unto righteousness, meaning through the cross. See, the reason what we're teaching here is so important on righteousness is this, and I've said it a hundred times, I'm going to say it a thousand more. If all the words of God are in righteousness and the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17, and he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, then that simply means for those of us who have understanding that every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God has to be viewed through Jesus and what He did at Calvary. For it's the only avenue of righteousness, not just my status, but my experience of righteousness. That's why the first thing God did when you were born again, two main things Romans 6 teaches us. He made you free from sin and He made you a servant of righteousness. Now you can serve righteousness, something you couldn't do before. You you and I as lost people, we were presenting the members of our body as instruments or weapons of unrighteousness to the sin nature. Mm -hmm. But now because we're born again, we can present our members... Yield, that's what the word means, to present the members of our body as instruments. That word means weapons of righteousness unto God. See, you're serving righteousness while you keep your faith in the sacrifice. Outside of faith in his righteous work at Calvary, we're no longer serving righteousness and righteousness is where you saw the light. At the cross, at the cross where I first Saw the light. And that's a song, an old hymn, very powerful because it is true. It was at the cross you saw who Jesus is as the light and what He was providing you freedom from sin and to become a servant unto God by serving His righteousness. His righteousness. His righteousness. We didn't bring anything to the table. We didn't bring it. We didn't have anything to bring to the table at the table of reasoning with God except a broken heart and a willing mind to accept what He provided. See, a lot of times we like to bring our stuff and put it on the table, and that's hurting us. God's got on the table what we need. Amen. Mm. Let me read this again: Micah chapter seven, verse nine. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against Him until he Mm -hmm. pleads my cause. Mm -hmm. Ain't no need for me to try to plead it. I'm a sinner. I'm guilty. That's it. It's over. But he's got faith in the Lord Mm -hmm. and he is going to execute judgment for me. Mm -hmm. See, this this is prophetically speaking of the cross. That's where God pled our call. That's where God executed judgment for us. Remember, all His judgments are in righteousness. Even in Psalms, we read one of the words used for God's word is precept and statute, and one of them is judgment. Because God's words are judgments. They're commands. They're not options. Chastity, would you like to do this or would you like to do that? God doesn't operate that way. He gives commands. You don't like commands, you ain't going to like God. But when you know God, you'll love commands because you'll come to understand his commands, in his commands, is where life is found, the fullness of life, because he doesn't command us so we'll look at him as captain and commander. He gives us commands so we can experience the love and the mercy and the grace and the power and the provision and the presence of the most wonderful captain and commander you could ever have. Amen. Amen. So he says he will bring me forth to the light. Now here he's talking about the judgment <coughs> that he's going to execute for him. He will bring me to the light. Jesus is the light. Yes, he is. And I shall behold his righteousness. The righteousness of the one who is the light. Remember, Jesus said the scriptures are about him. The scriptures, Psalms 119, 105, Lord, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Declaring that ain't going to get you nothing. (laughs) But it sounds good. makes you feel good in the flesh to memorize it, and there's nothing wrong with memorizing it. There's nothing wrong with quoting it. What what there is something wrong with is thinking God's going to move because you are declaring that. You've got to know that Jesus is the light of the Word. And, and the righteousness of God of Christ is what makes the Word light to you. Why, Why are you saying that, preacher? Because all God's words are in righteousness. If, they're, if you're, they're not being understood through the cross, revealed through the gospel to you, not just you getting in through the gospel, but all the words of my mouth are in righteousness only revealed through the gospel of Christ. Amen. Amen. When you come back to Calvary, then it's not just declaring Psalms 119, 105. Then you are literally experiencing Psalms one nineteen one hundred five. 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. Oh, and a light who is Christ to my path, which is righteousness. Glory to God. Woo! Your word now is a lamp Uh to where my feet are, where you've set my feet. This path you put me in, and a light to the direction in this path. His name is Jesus. And the light of the path that makes the path light up to us is His righteousness. Let me read the last part of Micah 7, 9 again. He will bring me forth to the light and what shall I see when I get there? I shall behold His righteousness. I, I firmly believe that righteousness is going to begin to be preached like never before because Jesus said when I come back it's going to be as in the days of Noah. And there was one good thing in God's eyes happening in that day and that was there was a preacher of righteousness. Now nobody wanted anything to do with it. They had their own Bibles. They had their own beliefs. They had whatever. But God's only got one avenue of righteousness. That's grace. One avenue of grace and that's the death of Jesus Christ. And Noah had his faith in that coming Redeemer. When he got off that old ark, when it finally set still and the waters began to go down, he got off that ark and I'm sure his boy said, what are we going to do first? And Noah said, we're building an altar. That's what we're going to do first unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he was a man that had had his faith in a coming Redeemer through that made it, what made it legitimate, that gave him the light to function, which was the grace of God then, was his faith in the sacrifice. Without faith in the sacrifice, you're not experiencing Christ. Let me say it again. If your faith is not in the cross, you're not experiencing Christ. It's another Jesus you're mending and shaping to follow your leading and your guiding. No, no, my friends. It's His righteousness. It's His way, it's His plan. He's God, not us. And the Jesus of the Bible does not want you to continue on in your way. He saved you and delivered you from your way, which is death. And He brought you into His way, which is life. And that way is a way lit up only by His righteousness. Amen. That's good stuff. Only in the light do we behold His righteousness. God's Word is light, but what makes it light is His righteousness. Now let us always remember that this righteousness is God's righteousness and only becomes ours through faith in the cross. That means when we're baptized into the death of Christ. Again, I said it earlier, when you believed in Christ initially, listen, you were born again because you needed a Savior. The Holy Spirit convicted you and me of our sin. The Bible says we weren't just sinners, we were the darkness of this world. Mm. Ephesians chapter 5 says we were the darkness Mm. and it was our sin that made us the darkness. And when we believed with the heart unto righteousness, that means the righteous work of Christ, we were born again and again, we were made two things immediately. Free from sin and a servant of righteousness. Not when we went and started going to church and reading the Bible. That all Baptism, water baptism, all that stuff came after what God made us. See, God makes us what we need to be with everything we need when he makes us. That's the way he always does it. By the time he put Adam on the earth, the first Adam in the garden, everything he needed was already before him when He found us lost and saved us and immersed us through our faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary and we were placed in Him when we were born again, listen, He had already laid before us everything we needed. He didn't tell, he didn't tell Adam he had to go work and, 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 and to, to get anything. He was just to keep the garden. We're to keep the faith. Amen. Amen. We've already been given everything we need. It's up to us just to keep the faith to experience all that we have been given. We've been given all spiritual blessings in Christ. Amen. Amen. So, the light of Christ only shines through the cross as righteousness was and is declared only through faith. In the cross. Now we're going to see this and we know these things, we've heard it, but we're going to hear it some more this morning because you can't hear it enough. and that's Romans chapter 3 verses 25 and 26. Hopefully the Lord will show us a, a greater in-depth uh, illumination strengthening us this morning, showing us what we need to see in a greater way. Romans 3:25 says, whom God talking about Christ coming to redeem us, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness. His righteousness. His righteousness. God's righteousness. Not ours. His righteousness. Faith in His blood declares His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. You see, His righteousness is the answer for your sinful life. He had to come and live a perfect life without sin, being sinless and becoming our sin-bearing offering so that he could offer us the righteousness of God in him through the work, righteous work he did at Calvary. And he makes the greatest change you'll ever know about where he takes all your sin and gives you all his righteousness. Well, you should have jumped up shouted and bumped your head on the ceiling then because that's the greatest trade, but it's his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, watch this now, to declare I say, now that's twice we've heard that, verse 25 said to declare his righteousness, to declare I say at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Here we see one thing, most importantly, God is righteous and His righteousness is what He offers to humanity. And His righteousness is a perfection without flaw, without blemish, and He sees us all in Christ in that way. You've been freed from sin. To such a degree in God's eyes, Christ represented you so well at the cross that your faith in Him, you're believing with the heart unto His work of righteousness that He is your judgment. He is what God did to execute judgment. He is your light. He is what God sent to make you His again. And if that's where your faith is, God sees you without flaw. He sees you as perfect in Christ, in your position with Him. Now, I understand here in this life, we're walking through being conformed into that image that we already are in Christ, but we are getting the experience. Oh, that we would begin to appreciate the experience, even though it's not fun most of the time, or should I say ever. But The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 3, I believe it is, that the works were finished from the foundation of the world. But yet Christ who had to come and walk through it and do and finish the works that he declared from Calvary that were finished, and they had been finished from the foundation of the world. You still Listen, God chose you in Him, in Christ, from before the foundation of the world, but you get the pleasure of coming to serve God. And though it may not be fun, you get the pleasure and the joy of being chosen by God through your faith in Christ before the foundation of the world, but you get to experience that. Something that we don't hold near precious enough because throughout all eternity we're going to be able to see what God offered us in this life and at that time really how precious it was. We spend far too much time moaning and groaning and whining about what we don't have. Isn't it amazing? We always want what we don't have. We always want to be where we aren't at. We always want everything other than just where we are. We need to learn to be content. Hallelujah. We just need to learn to be content. Oh, well, brother, you're trying to say there's something wrong with dreaming. No, there's something wrong with dreaming. There's something wrong with all that dreaming stuff if it's got you in the molly grubs. Then you know there's something wrong with your dreaming and your desires because if you're not content, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, we're not supposed to be content with where we are, brother. We're supposed to be growing. No, you don't understand what I'm saying. We will never be content as we're being conformed because we long to be with the one who's conforming us. But you better learn to be content with where you are and what God is doing in you and through you now. We always want somebody else, something else to be somewhere else. And if you go there, now you want to be over there. And if you get them, now you want them. And learn to be content. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's powerful. He sees you as righteous today. Well, I don't see myself as righteous. You just don't know. Well, quit quit viewing yourself as you see yourself and view yourself as God sees you. Yes, you still need some work because you're still here, but he's the one doing the work and that big lip club ain't getting you nothing, so suck it up that big lip club ain't that ain't humility well I ain't nothing and oh I can't do nothing and oh I'll never be nothing that, that ain't getting you nothing with God that's hurting you because you're not you're not viewing things the way you need to be viewing things right. amen brother Curtis or help me oh Lord that is a- now v- now watch this and this is something that needs to be brought out a lot Romans 3:22. And notice what we just read in Romans chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. The declaration of God's righteousness only comes through the death of Jesus. It only comes through the death of Jesus. Anybody else trying to tell you there's another way that you can be righteous before God, they're lying to you. And it's not the straight way. It is a billboard, the devil, and your flesh has put up. And when you take that exit, you go into darkness. Remember, there are no exits of God. There's only a finish line. There's only a finish line in this race. It has no exits. Well, you need to detour for a while. You need some rest. No, my rest is in running the race. Believing. Hallelujah. So, look at Romans 3.22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Now, that means exactly what it says. It does not mean in this verse by faith in Jesus Christ although you have to have faith in Jesus Christ but that's covered in the latter part of this verse. It means just that. The righteousness that's God's righteousness is by faith of Jesus Christ. It's by His faith. By grace He tasted death for all men through faith. Hebrews 2 and 9. Think about that. And think about this, and I'll throw it in when the Lord's reminded me of it right now. For all the Calvinistic or whatever kind of teaching it is that says, Jesus really didn't die for all men, only those who would believe. You know what makes that a lie? Is because at the great white throne judgment, if he didn't believe, if he didn't die for them, then they can't be guilty. He tasted death for all men. It's God's will that none should perish, that all be saved, that all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So whatever that tradition is that you've been holding to, which by, why, by the way is heresy, you got to let that go. When you read Hebrews 2 and 9, it says Jesus, by the grace of God, that means what God was doing in Christ at Calvary, Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men, then you've got to let go of that other stuff you've been believing that's not right. Amen, Brother Kurt. Right. Now watch this. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all, here comes our part, unto all and upon all them that believe. Mm-hmm. Them that believe, not them that work for it, get involved in a program, go to a certain church do certain deeds and tasks, them that believe, for there is no difference. Not for the Jew, not for the Gentile, there is no difference. The only way that you can have the righteousness of God, and let me add this, you've got to have it to go to heaven. You've got to be righteous to get in. If you don't have that garment of righteousness, you can't get in. What was the parable told about the man who was wandering around in a wedding in a wedding feast and he didn't have the right garment on? They walked up and said, How would you get in here without the right garment? They threw him out. Threw him out. You're not getting in heaven unless you're righteous. But you can't do anything to be righteous. You have to place your faith in God's righteousness, which is Christ dying for you. A humble, obedient man unto death. God says there's my righteous servant. In him, you can be my righteous servant. Only in him. And the Bible here says, by faith of Jesus Christ, that's his faith in in what God was doing in him. And he had to do, he had to live that way, by grace through faith, to be our example. To live by grace through faith unto all and upon all. God showed me this some year, a couple years back, that it's not only to you, but when you place your faith in what God did there at Calvary in Christ, which is the grace of God, Jesus tasted by that grace for you, then not only does he give you the statuses of righteousness come to you, but it is a pony. He clothes you in that righteousness. That, listen, that was illustrated in the Garden of Eden when God rushed in and gave them the revelation of the coming Redeemer through the sacrifice. And then he showed them by killing whatever the animals were, probably a lamb or two, and then he clothed them with the skins of animals was symbolic of the clothing of Christ' righteousness. This is good stuff this morning. Now, deliverance, a couple more verses. we got about three minutes or less. Uh, deliverance and restoration. And we started out in this vein this morning that we're delivered from our enemies through the righteousness of Christ, God's righteousness. So, and these are very popular. Uh, Psalms 23 and 3 says, He restores my soul, colon, little extra for those of you who are new uh, watchers, viewers online. Uh, watch this now. After the colon in scriptures, and that we've we've been learning this here at Crossway Church over the last two to three years, maybe three or four. I can't keep up. But when you see a colon in the scriptures, you need to get ready because God is about to say something specific about what he just spoke. It's kind of like Proverbs 2 and 6, which is where it was when God showed me this about the colon and I begin to see it in my study uh, throughout Proverbs, the Lord gives wisdom, colon, out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. The only way you'll ever get wisdom is through what comes out of the mouth of God because that's the only avenue God's word that he gives knowledge and understanding. You're walking in God's knowledge and understanding means you're experiencing His wisdom. Don't forget that after the colon comes something specific about what God has just said. So watch this. He restores my soul, colon. Now He's about to tell you how He restores your soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. When you allow God through your faith in the cross to lead you in the path of righteousness, that's not just for you, although he's doing it because he loves you and, and, and wants to bless you, but it's for his namesake so he can show the, everybody the glory of his name through you. It's only as we're, we, we, we're led in the path of righteousness that we experience God's restoration and we all need to be experiencing that every day because we're all still being restored, conformed into that perfect image of Christ. The only place of restoration, and it's not in a little, in a little room with a little lady being counseled who's the counselor of the church in a, in a, in a, in a whatever unless she's pointing you to Calvary. If they're not pointing you to Calvary, and they're not, listen, they're not pointing you to Calvary if they're trying to dig something out of your second and third grade year in elementary. No, they're trying to control you because all things have become new to you and I as Christians, praise God. He restores my soul. How? He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake because in the path of righteousness He's revealing His straight way. His only narrow way that Jesus said there will be very few that find it. Most will take the broad way. Whatever we think, however we feel, however my emotions are going. Listen, the cross of Christ is the only answer for all humanity and only, it's the only avenue through which understanding of God's word comes. Can't believe we're out of time already. That was the quickest hour I think I've ever experienced in my life. I'm getting ready to head to Wichita Falls, Texas for services this weekend. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, to to go back and start all over in these teachings. And please don't forget to pray for us and go to thecrosswaychurch.com and donate to this ministry. If we have been a blessing to you, God bless you. We love you. I'll see you next Friday right here at 9 a.m. God bless you. Amen. The righteousness.